Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today. We're so excited to have you. There's evidence of life change all around us here at Waters Church, from baptisms to small groups, to Waters kids making Jesus the hero and leader of their lives. If you'd like to be a part of the life change that happens here week after week, you can. Just go to waterschurch.org give and select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining and we hope you enjoyed today's message. speak for a short while uh, about Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy, the two, two letters, the first and the second book of Timothy. Paul speaks about the Christian life is a race, we're running a race, and God wants us to finish well. Sadly, there are so many people who put their faith and trust in Christ and are active in the church, but they don't finish the race well. In the Bible, there are many, many examples of those that finished well. I think of David in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, where David made so many mistakes, he failed so many times. Yet the Bible says in the book of Acts, where after he died, it says, when the purposes of God were fulfilled in the life of David, he went to sleep. You see, biblical success, kingdom success, is different than worldly success. Our society is very success-orientated, but it's very different to the success that the Scripture speaks about. Success in Scripture and the kingdom of God is not how many churches you've built and how great your ministry's been. What is success is finishing the race. And we see in Scripture that Jesus on the cross, when it looked like an absolute failure, when He was crucified, rejected, stripped naked, it was on that cross He said, it is finished. He was reporting to the Father, and He was saying to the Father, the purpose for which you have sent me, I have completed it. Absolute success. And here we see Paul writing to Timothy. Timothy was being coached by Paul. Paul was an apostle. He wrote most of the books in the New Testament. And uh, he had a terrible life. He had ups and downs and, and tremendous suffering. And many people don't understand that because there are many people today that preach that when you become a Christian, everything in life falls into place and life is easy. That's not the truth. That's not preaching the truth. When you surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be sure that hell will break loose. The devil will do everything to destroy that which God has put into your life. And so here, Paul is writing to Timothy, this young man, and he does three things. He warns him, number one, of the times in which he's living. Secondly, he encourages him. And then thirdly, he reminds him of, of the great faith of the, that, he, that has been entrusted to him, how he needs to hold on to that faith. Now, Paul warns Timothy about the times. He says, the times, there are going to be terrible times. Uh, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. People are going to love their money more than they're going to love God. He says, there are other people who are going to undermine everything that we teach and preach. He says, Timothy, you've got to be aware of those and stay away from them. He says it's going to be so bad that there are some people who are going to teach doctrines of devils. And so he's giving Timothy a warning of the times in which he lives. And that is very relevant to you and I today. We as born-again believers must get to a place where we educate ourselves in God's Word, where we have a clear basic understanding 
of what the Scripture teaches. And so Paul is warning them about those things. He tells them about those that have turned against the faith, and he speaks about the fact that God will judge them. He says, Demas uh, has forsaken me, having loved something in Thessalonica. Demas is only mentioned three times in Scripture. The first time Paul mentions him, he says, Demas, my fellow worker. Uh, what a compliment for a man uh, to be able to walk, work with Paul. And so he says, Demas, my fellow worker, laborer. And then later on he says, Demas greets you. And then the third time he mentions demon, Demas, he says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present evil world. So De Demas was very involved in the kingdom of God. He was very involved in spiritual matters. But somewhere along the way, something drew his attention, something stole his heart, and took him away from the Lord. And so I don't know how he ended, but if he continued in that way, he would not end well. God wants all of us to end well. And so Paul comes to this passage of Scripture and he says to Timothy, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to His appearing. And so, here he's encouraging, he says, I am ready. The amazing thing about Paul, he's a real role model for Christians. We look in the wrong direction, in the wrong places for role models. The Bible is full of solid role models. And here we find Paul, a great role model, a man who was able to encourage Timothy because he knows the gift of God was upon Timothy's life. Now, Paul went through tremendous hardship. He, he was rejected. He was cast into prison. He was beaten. Uh, people undermined him. People turned against him. In one place he says, all the Christians forsook me, but the Lord stood with me. So he, he's a role model that through all the trials and the difficulties of life, he kept his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the amazing thing about this man, he writes to the church in Philippi, and he says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. What an amazing man whose faith and trust was so strong in God that when he was locked up for his faith, he did not ask the church to pray for them. He didn't ask the church to protest. He didn't ask them to write the letter. But instead, he writes a letter of encouragement to the church that is on the outside while he is sitting in prison. So in the midst of that suffering, in the midst of that hardship, in those circumstances, his faith was strong. And Paul was a great example of the trust in God. Also, other time, uh, Paul doesn't look for recognition. He's not looking for people to recognize him for the many things he's accomplished. We find lots of people today want to be important. People want to uh, rise up and, and be on the top, and everybody needs to recognize the great things they have done. But here is a, an example of a man who had the mind of Christ. The very spirit of Jesus, the spirit of humility was in Paul the Apostle. He was a man taught under one of the greatest teachers of that day, a man by Gamaliel. He was a man that was highly educated. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Yet he says, I count all those things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Paul said, all these other things that I've accumulated, these things that I've accomplished are nothing compared to having an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, that is the most important thing in my life. 
In another place he says, that I may know him. That was his greatest desire, to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just to know about him, but to know him in a real intimate way. And so he says, that I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering and in the power of his resurrection. What was Paul saying? He was saying, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I am willing to suffer for the name of Jesus. I don't mind being thrown into prison. I don't mind being beaten. I don't mind being rejected. I don't mind all these things that come upon me because I'm identifying with the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if there's something the church must never forget, Jesus after His resurrection is the victorious resurrected Christ. But before He became the victorious resurrected Christ, He was the suffering servant. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was laid upon him and by his stripes we were healed so he identifies with the suffering and he also identifies with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ the Bible says many miracles were wrought by the hands of Paul the Apostle so here was the man who was not looking for glamour he was not looking for followers he's not looking for reputation he's not looking so that people can think he's an important person his goal in life was to serve the Lord Jesus Christ he surrendered everything and now he comes to a place where he says I am ready he's in prison he's facing death but he writes the, to Timothy, two letters to Timothy, this young man, to encourage him and to strengthen him. Now, how is it that Paul could say, I am ready? What made him ready? Was it his church affiliation? Was it the good works that he had done? Was it the, 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 the fact that he was a Jew? What made him ready? It was his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. On the road to Damascus, he met Jesus when he was Saul of Tarsus, and his life was changed, and he became a new creature and became Paul the Apostle. And so because of that, because of his encounter, because of his surrender to Christ, he was ready to face Jesus at the judgment seat. May I ask you today, are you ready? Are you ready to stand before Jesus? and give an account of what you have done here on earth in your physical bodies. If you're here this morning, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, then you're not ready. But God gives you the opportunity today to make ready with Him. What do you do? Call upon the name of the Lord. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. As many as received Him to them gave you the right to become the sons and the daughters of God. If you're here today and your life is empty and you've got no direction, no purpose, I want to let you know that God loves you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. When you come to Jesus, He forgives you of your sin. He changes your life and although you walk through the storms of life and through difficulties like Paul the Apostle you have the assurance that he will never leave you nor forsake you that he has you in the palm of his hand and no man shall pluck you out in fact the promises to those that have given their lives to Christ when you walk through the waters you will not drown when you walk through the fire you will not burn if God is for you who can be against you greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world no weapon formed against us shall prosper it is a a wonderful thing to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that some of you who've never done it will do it today so that you can be ready to stand before the Lord Jesus one day. And so Paul says, I am ready. He says, I have fought a good fight. Now the Bible says many things about us. It says that we're soldiers, we're, we're ambassadors, uh, we're athletes. He says to Timothy, fight the good fight. 
We're fighting a good fight. Uh, and, and the good fight is standing up. He speaks about it earlier on. He says the good fight is standing up for what you believe. The good fight is fighting about truth. The Christians must understand it's only the truth and the lie. There's nothing in between. But we as the children of God, we are the people of the kingdom of God, must stand up for the truth. We must live the truth. We must speak the truth because people will know the truth and the truth will set them free. And so here he's encouraging us to fight the fight. He says, fight the good fight for what you believe uh, so that you can win and overcome and one day stand before the Lord Jesus Christ knowing that you've been an overcomer. He goes on, number three says, I finished the race. You, you see, God sets the course. We don't set the course. We run this race. It's not a sprint. It's a long distance run. It's, you run for a long time on this race. And it is a race where you have to run through storms. We have to run through criticism. We have to run against those that criticize you, those that reject you. You're going to run through hardship, through sorrow, all kinds of things you experience as you run this race. But you and I can run this race. We can complete it. We can be successful if we listen to God's Word and if we see how Paul overcame and finished the race. We look into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, and because of that, we can finish this race. So Paul comes to the end of his life. He says, I have finished the race. And then he says, I have kept the faith. What is he saying? He's saying, I've been faithful to that body of truth that has been handed down from the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, I never added, I never took away, and I never changed. We're living in a time that people are trying to change the truth of God's Word. Some people are trying to add to it. Some people are trying to make it mean what it does not mean. But here Paul comes to the end of his life, and he says, I have kept the faith. He's speaking about that body of truth that Jews spoke about, that we must earnestly contend for the faith that has once and for all been delivered to saints. He's also speaking about his own faith. He's saying, I've been faithful through the storms, through prison, through rejection. Uh, no matter what has come my way, I have been faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is calling you and I to a place of commitment, a place of faithfulness, a place where we are totally and completely surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not a time to be a Sunday Christian. This is not a time to just be a Christian on a Sunday, but every single day, every day living the life, knowing that God has called us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Many, many people today are in darkness, they're in confusion, and the church cannot cannot be silent. We cannot keep quiet. We must let people know wherever we go that there is a God that loves them. There is a God that cares for them. And there is a God who has the power to change their lives and to set them free from the bondages of sin. This is the day that Paul says, I have kept the faith. I have held on. And now he says, there's a reward waiting for me. Not only for me, but for all of them who are looking forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this amazes me. God saves us, it's by His grace. You and I can do nothing in order for God to save us. It is by grace and grace alone. Grace means unmerited favor. So when I was against God, I rebelled God, against God, I broke God's law, nonetheless, His grace took effect and my life was changed. I did not deserve it. That's grace. And now that I serve Him, He gives me the strength, He gives us the power, He gives us the wisdom, He gives us the knowledge so that we can finish this race and be victorious. 
And then he says, I'm still going to reward you. That is a double portion of grace. We have grace that saves us. We have grace that keeps us. And we have grace that's going to reward us one day. And one of the, one of the great rewards is the crown of rejoicing. The crown of rejoicing will be given to those who shared the gospel, those who ministered to other people, who, those who were not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, those who planted the seed. They will stand before Jesus one day at the judgment seat of Christ, and He will give them the crown of rejoicing. Remember this, Jesus said, it says about Jesus, because of the joy that was set before Him, He was willing to endure the death of the cross. What was that joy that was set before Him? It was you and I. Jesus looked down the corridors of time and he saw that once he's paid the price for sin, there are going to be many, many that will respond to the gospel, whose sins will be forgiven, who will become new creatures, who will follow him and be his witnesses. That's what he saw, and that was the joy that was set before him, and that's why he was willing to endure the cross. Paul also says to the church, he says, you are my joy and you are my crown of rejoicing. So the Lord is going to reward us, for we shall all stand at the judgment seat of Christ and we shall give an account for ourselves. And so we must, God wants us to finish well. If you just remember a few points from Paul, writing to Timothy, read the two books, be encouraged that God wants you to overcome. God wants you and I to be victorious. God wants you and I to finish well. Doesn't mean because he finished in prison, it wasn't well. He finished keeping the faith, continually believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is our prayer for each and every one of you today. Father, we thank you this morning for your precious word. We thank you that heaven shall pass away, but the word of the Lord shall endure forever. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and the entrance of your word gives understanding. We pray this morning, Lord, as your word went forth, that it went forth with power, that it is entering to the hearts of those who, who have not yet surrendered their lives to you, that today they will make that decision and they will make you Lord of their lives. I pray for those in our midst this morning who are weak and who are struggling and allowing the storms of life to get them down, thinking they're a failure, thinking that God is against them. I pray this morning, Lord, that there will be a fresh revelation in their hearts that you love them with an everlasting love, that you will never leave them nor forsake them. I pray this morning that you will lift them out of that darkness, lift them out of that valley, help them to stand on their feet. I pray this morning that you will empower your church, empower your people, that in this day and age, we will be the light of the world. We will be the salt of the earth. We pray, Lord Jesus, that the redeemed of the Lord will say so. And we continue to pray your blessing upon this church. May it continue to grow. May the gospel continue to be preached from this place. And may multitudes come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in closing this morning, Lord, we pray that in the name of Jesus, every person that is sitting in this house who is bound by the evil one, that those bondages will be broken, that they will be released in the name of Jesus. For your word says, He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. God bless you.